0: Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Maletsky. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. If you would like to find us on the internet, you can go to TrustTheJourney.today. And that will get you directly to our website. It'll get you to our Instagram, Spotify. We're on Apple, iTunes, and we're on YouTube. If you would like to support the show, you can go to our website, scroll down to the button that says Donate Now, Donate on Patreon, and you can become a Patreon supporter. If you do that, it will also gain you access to our uh, private group, the Trusted Journey Family, which we all curate together, which is a safe space for us all to share our own experiences in this life together and that's just a wonderful group of people which we so enjoy each other's company and that safe space we all create together i'd like to thank our editor kimberly joy voice for taking over the editing and for posting the show for us if you are in need of podcast editing services please reach out to her at kimberly joy voice at gmail and she will be glad to help you out So thank you so much for being here today. Today we're going to be doing another one of our new series, which I'm hosting, which is called Walking Each Other Home. The show is based in the idea that none of us really know what's going on. We are doing our best to figure this out, and we need each other's help on this journey. It's a quote from Ram Dass, Walking Each Other Home. We are all just walking each other home, and it's a beautiful sentiment, and it really, the show is designed to dig into friendships and personal relationships that can help us to relate to each other and be more patient with each other, be more loving to each other, and be more considerate, compassionate. And really, the whole premise of the show is based around you know, creating those conscious connections and growing and contributing, just like we say in every episode through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. So, I'm going to go ahead and take us into the show. Welcome to Walking Each Other Home. I'm really excited to introduce the audience to my first guest. Today, we're going to be introducing and interviewing Fernanda Lopez-Neubauer-Moletsky. Uh, more affectionately known as Tucci. She's my first wife and we were married, or still, actually still legally married, but spent about 15 years together and uh, we've been separated for some time now. And we're gonna talk about our journey together. I thought of no more of a fitting guest than Tucci, so please say hello.
1: Hi Jay, I'm super stoked to to be here and uh, be part of this first episode. Um, especially to talk about one of my favorite topics Uh, definitely one of the biggest challenges on my life Um, and that brought me to one of the best places in my life so I'm super excited to be here and take part I'm honored.
0: Thank you so we are in the California hills today and apologize if there's any background noise it's a part of the idea of the show is to be outside going for a walk and that space that's often created by just going out and walking together and sharing a little bit together so you'll be hearing birds in the background maybe people going by uh, bushes rattling and um, excuse me a little bit of wind noise and body sounds (laughs) so actually I think we're gonna turn around we're gonna go the other way (laughs) so we don't end up going too far up this hill but I'd like to start off I guess putting some background in place and learning a little bit about each other. So, Tucci, I'd like to ask um, how we came to be a couple and uh, kind of set the stage for our listeners who don't already know us. Uh, how did we meet and how did we end up spending our lives together?
1: Um, we met at the World Free Fall Convention. Um, wasn't Quincy anymore, it was uh, Ran 2. And we are both there skydiving. I believe you were just starting the PD Factory team at that point. One of your first events, going out with the group. And I was just there fun jumping. And uh, we happened to bump into each other. And a little bit later than that, you just moved to the land. Um, which was where I was living at that time um, and I think that everything started from there so Pretty much through skydiving um, It's how we met
0: So for our audience who aren't familiar with it, the World Freefall Convention is a Event that no longer takes place. It was the largest skydiving uh, convention of its type where people would come from all over the world and skydive together on a large scale, bring in lots of aircraft, novelty aircraft, do novelty jumps, and have a great time and celebrate life. And uh, at that time, that was 2002, I do believe, and at that time in my life, I was traveling in pursuit of a career uh, as a professional Canopy pilot as a sponsored athlete within the sport of skydiving. And that career path wasn't a well-trodden path at the time. It wasn't something that already existed. It was a potentiality that I had imagined, you know, available to myself. I saw the future there and I'm like, I know this can happen. And um, I was very much in pursuit of it at the time. And I met Fernanda at the convention. And immediately, as I was often was attracted to her, uh, as I was often to most women and, you know, flirted with her a little bit. She she really pushed me away at first, really didn't like me very much. And um, it just happened that I ended up in Deland later that year, uh, continuing that pursuit of sponsorship within the professional skydiving world and tucci happened to be there in the land and we ended up hitting it off so that's how things started let's jump ahead and talk about now kind of present day uh we're in southern california what's what has brought you here where what in your life brought you to southern california
1: um what brought me here was uh, travel nursing um Jay was a great support to make this dream happen too, um, I became a nurse about six years ago and started traveling, I, I worked full-time in Florida for about two years and then pursue a career in travel nursing um, and that's how I ended up here in California, Southern California.
0: And how do you like it? How's the life of being a travel nurse?
1: I love it. It's it's amazing. I'm, I'm naturally attracted to it. It's easy for me to be on the road. Um, I love the uncertainty of it, and you, you never know when you're gonna where you're gonna end up and when, um, and always meeting new people, um, just meeting new grounds. It's it's just there is such a freedom on that. I really really enjoy that.
0: So, tell me a little bit about becoming a nurse. How? What year did you start school? And let's put a little bit of a background in place for the audience.
1: Yes, um, I became a nurse in 2006. Um, when I first moved from Brazil to here in 2001, um, I did not speak English at all. I could probably order a Coke water like simple things like that um, and then uh 2000 2006 yeah is when I started 2006, 2006 no 2016 16. sorry 2016 yeah. <laughs> I'm bad with dates um 2016 is when I became a nurse um, it took me a long time to get to that point where I was actually in nursing school um I really didn't know how to write in English. So it was, um, I started my associate degrees one class at a time and it was very challenging. I had to learn how to write in English while I was in college. So it was quite challenging. So it took me quite a while to get that Associate of Arts degree. Um, Initially I was thinking I was gonna go into uh, exceptional education, but it started that and really felt like that was not the route to go um, and I kind of always wanted to be in the medical field so um, look into nursing a little bit and um, really Jay really helped to make it happen because it was a full-time thing it was a accelerated program 18 months for the bachelor's degrees in nursing so that was quite challenging and I'm Every day of my life I'm very appreciative of the fact that I had the support from him because otherwise I'm not sure that I would have been able to make it happen at that time. Um, So it's been a great challenge and to have a partner like Jay that helped me out so much was out of this world, so.
0: So let me uh, ask a question there just for clarifying purposes. How long does it normally take to get the bachelor degree?
1: Um, Usually four years.
0: So eighteen months means you're cramming all four years worth of work into that eighteen month period.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: that must be extremely challenging, especially not being an English-speaking first language.
1: Yes, it was. It was extremely challenging. I pretty much had to put everything on my life aside. It was. It was really only about this. I could not. I did not have a mind space or a physical space to do anything else really.
0: So, th- this kind of I want to take it another step further back. You know, when Tucci's talking about the decision to becoming a nurse and looking at special, working with special needs and deciding whether to be in the medical field or the educational field, this all came from conversations that we had. Uh, So this all came from conversations that we had uh, um, following Tucci supporting me through aspiring to achieve my goals and me looking at her and seeing that she's spending all of her time supporting me and helping me to Become a champion pilot. She spent the entire decade over a decade before that Supporting my aspirations and then me looking at her and saying You know, what do we what do you want to do with your life? Because it can't all be about me It can't be about, you know, dedicating your life to my cause when You know, My cause is actually being achieved. I'd already gotten to what I wanted to get through that part of my life and really needed to turn the camera around and point it at you instead of myself and say, what is it that you really wanted to get from the rest of your life and how could you set yourself up to be in a career and on a path that is really going to lead to offering you fulfillment on a daily basis. And my... Having spent the previous decade with you, what I really saw was that your tendency to nurture and to give and to support is just such a natural thing that I really wanted to encourage you to be in a field where you're able to be supportive to people and be helping people on a daily basis. And and I'm so proud of you for choosing nursing because I see your joy, happiness and all the positive energy that comes from. Your day-to-day work now, and along with the challenges, of course. But it's so gratifying to see you on that path.
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you. And with all that said, uh, for me supporting you through all the times that I did, it was it was not an effort. It I think it kind of comes from the same place um, because you know I loved you so much, and I still do. Um, and for me to, to just be there and support you it was such a pleasure to me. It was not something I had to make an effort. It didn't really feel like a sacrifice at all. It felt like the right thing to do and the right path. So.
0: I think that's a really great uh, touch point for us to, to talk about a little bit is that we often have that knowing, like it's obvious when we're with somebody when we want to support them to achieve whatever it is that they desire in their life, whether you're, you know, aspiring to become a champion pilot or whether we're aspiring to go to school, to get a degree, to follow a career path, um, or whether we're aspiring to start a taco truck, you know, or whatever it might be, whatever we're aspiring after and whoever it is in our life that that relationship is relative to, I think the whole, mirror here the whole reflection is about looking at our own lives and seeing where is that support something that we desire to do for the people we care about where where does it feel natural and how can we lean into that and, and be there to help the people in our lives that are truly important to us
1: yeah i think that's a great point and i think that applies for pretty much everything and i think that's Uh, that idea and that practice that we always had it's what brought us to be where we are today you know even though we're dissolving our marriage or like to say we're upgrading our marriage to a friendship um, and we are still able to do that It's, it's, it's all about supporting each other you know if the dynamic of your relationship has changed I think that's like a thing that you can keep um, a value that you can keep that we can help each other to grow you know and continue to support each other in the ways that are that are there to do so that are better to do so, even though it's so challenging you know to go through all these changes. So I think that's in a way the basis for everything you know
0: yeah, so uh, for our audience's sake, we chose to Just recently, actually, a little while ago, we met up and we were having a talk and hanging out. And we reached a point where we've decided to completely legally dissolve our marriage. And we've been married since 2006 or 2007. And we now uh, both have new partners and we've moved on to new phases in our lives where... We no longer have the need to be legally partnered. Um, For the last few years, we've been separated. Um, And so I'll kind of touch on that a little bit and say somewhere in that period of time when Tucci was in school and her attention was fully focused on the pursuit of that career, much like mine was while I was in pursuit of mine, her attention being completely in that area, I started finding myself feeling very detached and very alone and very unsupported because I was playing the supporting role, even though for the previous decade, I'd become very familiar of being in the supported role and having her there supporting me all the time. And so my, my experience Changed inside of our relationship and the perspective shifted and I no longer was the one who had somebody there taking care of me and making sure I had all my needs supported. I became the one fulfilling that role and I'm I'm sure that our audience all relates to that when that changes in our lives. And at that time, excuse me, excuse me, at that time, what became really obvious was that we had different paths going on and that we'd we been on the similar path in life for a long time together, but our paths were veering and my interests and needs were heading in one direction and her interests and needs were heading in another direction. And it became apparent through a lot of our behaviors, not really through clear spoken you know, clarified needs. We weren't able to say these things or didn't really understand them. It was more, we just found ourselves acting out in ways that were representing these changes happening. And we had a very tough period for quite a few years while that, you know, tightly bonded relationship was disintegrating and starting to dissolve and reform from a coupled relationship into a supportive friendship and and i guess what i'm trying to get to here is that period was really difficult it was really painful because we were very dependent upon the structure that we were in the and correct me and of course all the space for your own interpretations and opinions and experience related to it but my own journey was one in such a way where we were in these structured positions in our relationship and where I was the man and you were the woman and we're the couple and there's a certain power structure and there's a certain way that we relate that works well and certain ways we relate that didn't work well and as that structure started to change and started to veer apart and our paths were no longer completely parallel we started walking unfamiliar ground and we had to learn these new paths and learn how to respect each other and ourselves on, on that new part of our journey
1: yeah i i agree um i think that's part of it i also believe that some changes they were already happening up until that point um and everything just became more obvious um and there's really the important thing is not really going into the details but we had several challenges that we had to go through and and then we hit a point where we realized that this needs to to be changed you know but we still love each other so much like how how is that possible you know is that how couples just to stay together forever because they still love each other and and then they you know they choose to ignore all all the other signs of of maybe we need to walk on each other's, you know, each other path for now, you know, and it's such a such a difficult choice to make, you know. Um, but I think there there has been, you know, several several things that that show it to me that we we wanted different things at that time, and it was nothing wrong with it. We struggle with that because when you don't want the same things and you're together and you know you're trying to make it happen so we're both comfortable but we're kind of going in different places so i think that that's very challenging
0: we have to make make sacrifices yeah one one or the other is going to end up making a sacrifice because of whoever's need gets prioritized at that time
1: exactly yeah and i think you can do well doing that for a while you know and to a certain degree, but then at one point, it's, it just becomes too much, you know, and um, I was having a conversation with somebody, actually, and I had this, this thought in my head, and um, it was the hardest thing, you know, like, I think because we loved each other so much, and because we love each other so much, is the reason why we chose to separate as a couple, which is totally odd to think of it in that way but i i really think that that decision to go apart and live our individual lives was completely out of love it was more than out of the things that were not working out together of course that plays a big part of it but the decision out of love i think it's the the main thing for me it's like I I need to set this man free you know he needs to go do these things and I'm holding him back and the other way around too so um, very I think that's a very good point
0: it's a really beautiful perspective to be able to attain which is difficult I mean it's really easy to point the finger at each other and be like you're to blame for whatever it is that I'm unhappy about when <laughs> that's kind of the most ridiculous statement that there is because when we truly assess the cause of whatever it is that our, we're unhappy about, it's our own failure to speak and take action in relationship to those needs being attended to. So, you know, if I put an example up, if I need something to change in my life, it's not your job to change that. It's my job to say, this has to change because I need it to change, because I'm the one who's unhappy. And, and that's my responsibility in whole aspect, every single part of it. It's my responsibility to recognize the need. It's my responsibility to identify it. It's my responsibility to communicate it. And it's my responsibility to take the actions that are required with it to actually create that change. And that is, that's love in both directions, where I'm giving myself what it is that I feel that I need in order to find my own happiness. And in doing so, I'm, not, I'm giving love to the other person by saying, this isn't your fault. This is what I need to do in order to make sure that my needs are met. And if I don't do this, I end up pointing a finger at you and blaming, you know, your unavailability because of you being at school all the time for me being unhappy, you know, which is just, it's just not true. It's not, it's not your fault for being busy doing studies. That's, you know, what you need out of your life. And it's my job to identify that, you know, I have other needs that go along in my life too. And I guess what I want to kind of round this out with is I'm really proud of where we are in our relationship and part of the big reason why I wanted to start off this podcast with Tucci as the first guest is because I wanted the listeners to hear a little more insight into the journey that we've been through together and that we continue on and continues to be challenging and still continues to require investment from ourselves and from those around us. Our partners, our friends, our our families, our you know, working relationships all require this space of understanding that, you know, we're not going to choose to cut each other out of our lives or to discommunicate each other. We don't have any reason to blame each other for something that is wrong in our own lives. We only have is gratitude for each other for what we've been able to to give to one another during our journeys. Hi there. So I couldn't think of anybody more fitting to talk to and anybody that had more gratitude for, for this entire experience. And, uh, you know, I even shed a tear just yesterday just thinking about going on this walk together and talking about this because there's so much emotion. There's so much attachment to this whole journey and how experiential the whole thing is. You know, and I was thinking about the day when when you actually loaded up your car and drove. And I'm like, I'm starting to tear up. <laughs> the day when you actually loaded I your car. Crying, <laughs> was that day. It was a lot of crying, yeah. when you When you loaded up your car and pulled out of the house that we'd been living in for the last 10 years together before that. And all the good times and all the relationship. And knowing that it just has to change. Like knowing that the path required us to detach from these concepts of security, right? Or we're so buried in the attachment to one another and this codependent situation where I'm dependent upon her support or her presence, her nurture, or her, her care. And she's dependent upon me for all the things that I offer her. And at the same time, we're, sm- we're s- um, suffocating each other with our other needs that are being disrespected and disregarded. And that that letting go, that breaking free from that attachment was so wholly painful. I mean, just tear a hole in your heart, you know, like listen to sad country music for weeks and every time a song would come on, just cry and get super upset. It's just so hard. But in the end, you know, the feeling that we have of being together now as friends that we can be this way for the rest of our lives is dependent upon that restructuring of how our relationship looks you
1: know? yeah yeah, I agree uh, it was a very difficult restructuring for sure but uh, so worth it definitely I, uh, I'm so grateful that we both had the courage to do it and then the courage to do something different now you know like throughout this whole changes that we've been through i want to touch base actually on back on something that you said earlier um i remember i remember it was the blame it was the blame like you know whenever things are difficult and (laughs) that's not just you and i that's anybody right like any relationship that you have people make mistakes like I make mistakes you make mistakes. everybody does it there's there's no way around it right you're learning you're going through things and you make good choices and you make bad choices and I see this pattern you know on relationships that are changing that uh there is this um people are so conditioned to uh just trying to find the blame, because that's the that's the first thing you go to in order to feel better, right? Like, how can I feel better immediately? Like, I didn't deserve this. And let's say you didn't in that point. And then that's the first thing you go to. And I think that's the most deteriorating thing you can actually do. It's It doesn't matter, you know, who made a mistake and whichever reason. If, if, if you can find with, with yourself too realize that's that's another human and he's going through his difficulties and his learnings and if you have love for each other and if you're all, if you have the courage to talk about the truth in that moment it's uh it's the best thing you can do because it's going to you know let's walk that way yes, <laughs> um, because that's what you're going to learn you know uh, that's that's the greatest opportunity you have to learn and and become better person in the end of the day, you know. So I I, I focused on that a lot when I was having challenging times with you, um, going both ways, you know, hoping that you have the compassion to know that for me when I make a mistake and doing the same for you, and and then we give each other the opportunity to learn, right? And know that we care enough about that
0: so what I heard in there really brought something up for me that is something I'm becoming more and more aware of all the time and that is my emotional state Uh, it's through the last number of years I've been doing a lot of meditation and we've been doing I've been doing a lot of therapy and getting a much better handle on being self-observant and recognize recognizing what emotional state i'm finding myself in and how i'm feeling about things and how that's actually affecting the decision making of my current moment and so like you were saying about wanting to blame somebody for how we're feeling right yeah. lately i spent a lot of time alone and the only person I have to blame for how I'm feeling is myself. <laughs> and that is has been really, really powerful. It's been amazingly powerful because what I see is that I'm like, oh, okay. Right now I'm feeling discomfort of some type. I'm not happy with how I'm feeling. And my default reactions to that are not necessarily to blame somebody for how I'm feeling, it's to reach for some kind of uh, coping mechanism, something to make me not feel what I'm feeling, so this is where I'm recognizing that I lack emotional skills, and the emotional skills would allow me, look a little bunny, (laughs) the emotional skills would allow me to say, oh, here's how I'm feeling right now, to actually recognize the feeling rather than just feeling uncomfortable or feeling something, some form of discomfort that I just don't feel good right now and not necessarily being able to, uh, what's often happening is I'm not identifying the cause of why I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm just feeling uncomfortable, I'm feeling discomfort and because of that, I reach for some kind of system to make myself feel comfortable again. And most often, that is food. Number one is probably food or drink. Uh, when I was drinking alcohol, alcohol would be my go-to. If I'm feeling something I don't like feeling, I immediately just reach for a glass or something to help numb that feeling rather than actually allowing the feeling to occur, recognizing that it's occurring and saying, Okay, now this it sounds hokey, right? It sounds like woo-woo, kind of crappy, like emotional bullshit. But actually, what I... That saying is bullshit. What's bullshit is calling it bullshit. When it's truly our own lack of skills or lack of practice in being able to say, okay, here, I'm feeling shitty. I'm feeling discomfort. Let me just let that feeling calm down. And then say, okay, what is it that's really causing this? And it's something I did. It's never anybody else. It's always something I did. And then if I can identify what the cause is, Then I can figure out how I need to make a decision to change whatever has allowed that to occur, because it's some action of mine that has caused that to occur and that allows it to occur. And instead of, the way that I currently, most of the time operate is, I usually grab something to eat, it's usually sweet. If that's not cutting it, then I'm gonna reach for something to change my emotional state. Like alcohol or drugs or distraction. My phone, Facebook, Instagram, uh, television, porn, sex. Uh, something to distract me that's going to take my mind off this feeling of discomfort. And it's been such a huge learning point And something I'm still very, very much working on.
1: For sure, and the cause is usually within ourselves, huh? And sometimes it is, and sometimes some somebody else triggers something, and, and I think that's okay too, you know, it happens. We're all interacting with one another, and in a way, what other people do around you has some interference um, on how you feel. So um, I think either way, um, that's a really good point.
0: All right, everybody, thanks for being here today with us. Um, back here with Tucci, um, Fernanda lopez Nubar uh, my first wife. And you'll often hear me re- referring to her as my first wife, even though I don't have a second wife yet, or another wife, I'm not remarried. And the reason that I've chosen that endearing term that, that you know, choosing to refer to her as my first wife is a very conscious decision against using the term ex-wife. I really don't like the concept of ex when it comes to somebody that I really love and care about. In no way do I want to ex her from my life. Uh, we need to walk different paths. We no longer can be the couple that we once were, but that in no way has to be a reflection of me needing to villainize her in any way. And I really wanted to talk about that whole concept, especially because this is the, the default mode in America today. When a marriage reaches a point where it's no longer functioning in a healthy way, and a couple chooses to end that marriage the default mode is to villainize the other person the other side of that relationship whether it's a marriage or long or short-term relationship and to villainize the person for that relationship coming to an end and this is a in my opinion this is a really false and unhealthy way of moving in out of one relationship and into another one and when I say into another one doesn't necessarily mean that we've started a new relationship with somebody else. What we have done is we've started a new relationship with ourselves and we're no longer coupled, we may be now single, we may have started a new relationship with another partner, but either way, that new phase in our lives, it doesn't mean we have to burn the bridges behind us in order to keep going forward. And I'm gonna make a little poke at my friend Andy. His, his quote that he likes to throw around is, sometimes when you're burning bridges, you get burned. <laughs> and yeah, that's the truth. But the fact is, you know, and with my example here with Tucci is that I don't want to lose her in my life. She's been the most supportive person in my entire life. Nobody has been more present than her Ever. And the most foolish thing that I could do in the world is to villainize her for whatever it is that I failed to communicate that I needed. Or the fact that things that I did communicate that I need, like I need to have a new path and I need to go in another direction and can't be in this marriage anymore for whatever reason. It's not her fault. And I don't need to excommunicate her and make her my ex wife so that I can now have the space to either be alone or to find somebody new. And I wanna talk about that because I think it sucks. It really does. The way that people in our society do this to each other, we take somebody who we care about so much, who's so special to us, and we make them the most evil person in our whole life. And really, that's just rarely the case. It's almost always the case that we've failed ourselves in some form or another.
1: Yeah, I thank you for touching base on that because I feel like, in a way, almost responsible to sharing this. Um, I mean, you and I both often have people come and ask us about this, you know, like, how is it that you guys are still such good friends, (laughs) you know? Um, And the one thing is, you know, people talk about unconditional love a lot and it makes it sound like it's something really fun and nice to do you know and sure it is when everything is going great you know you can unconditionally love somebody and be there for them when you're both in a good place but I think the, the to start with the answer for for how we make this happen is is unconditional love but during the hard times which is it's really fucking hard, you know? It's like terrifying to think, oh, I'm gonna love this person no matter how crazy things are right now. And I'm going to choose to remember the things I love and the good things we've done for each other and not let all the negatives and all the mistakes and all the hardships and the misspoken words and it, it's really hard not to focus on that you know the negative comes up really strong when it comes to that you know it's a defense mechanism um, so unconditional love is it's not an easy practice you know if you do it in a hole you know not just when it's convenient or when it's nice
0: it also doesn't mean allowing anything from anybody Right. Loving unconditionally does not mean having no boundaries and allowing people to be harmful or disrespectful to you in whatever way they want. Unconditional love means loving the person, seeing them through their hard times, but also keeping firm boundaries around yourself in order to make sure that you don't get hurt in the process. It's it's more loving to say no than it is to say yes most of the time. It's harder. It's much, often much harder to say no than it is to say yes, but it's always more loving. And we can think about the parent-child example where the child's like, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, give me this, give me that. And mom and dad are like, no, you can't have that. That's not what's good for you right now. And the parent knows that they're doing it out of love, that whatever the child wants, maybe what they think that they want or what's best for them, but the parent knows better that that's just not the case and that, that's unconditional love and holding a boundary for the other person
1: Yes, absolutely agree with that for sure
0: It's also I think important to say that we shouldn't be trying to educate each other like I don't need to say no you can't do this because I know what's best for you that's always a failing recipe right like to try and be the smarter one or the more experienced one and say I know what's best for you so I'm going to tell you what you can and can't do what we when it, what we really mean when we're talking about boundaries is to protect ourselves from other people's experience you know actions and experiences, allow them to go on their own journey, but don't let yourself get dragged into
1: it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That comes with the saying, no, (laughs) it's, you know, when you, when you know something is not good for you. And I mean, that is a big lesson I learned, um, with our relationship and with you really, because for me, it's just so easy to give up everything. when I love somebody, I just drop everything, and that becomes the main focus of my attention and and I love doing it, you know it's not it doesn't feel like a sacrifice, so it's really sensitive. you know I have to really pay attention sometimes to just say, "You know what? no, I have to do this for myself only right now um, and it's not always easy. and in the end, if I don't do that, it's not good for anybody, it's not good for me. It's not good for the other person, so that's a really great lesson I learned from you. Thank you. And then uh, I wanted to say, you know, because some people, they hear this and, and they're in this really toxic, abusive relationships, you know, and I think that there, is a, there are probably cases out there where you don't wanna, you don't want to be around that person anymore, and that's okay. Um, but I still think even to that extreme, that there is a a middle ground there where you have to learn to forgive in order to find peace for yourself, even you know if if you want a relationship where you don't want to be around that person and you have good reasons for it I still think the best path, if possible, is to um and try to find an opportunity to bring learning into that moment you know not just for yourself but for the other person to see you know if that person can forgive me for what i did maybe they can not make that mistake again the next time around you know and with our egos it's a little bit hard to do that sometimes because you're like ending a relationship and You're like, oh, I'm going to make this person better for somebody else. Like, I didn't get all the goods, you know, like I get to sacrifice and all this. And now he's going to learn this and he's going to be better for somebody else. And heck, yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) I think that's great. You know, I look forward to seeing you and myself going into our relationships now into in a much better way from all the things that we learn from each other, that some things we will not be able to do it for each other. That we are now able to do it for other amazing people that are in our lives, you know?
0: And, and most importantly, able to do it for ourselves. Yes, you know? agreed. What you were saying there really hit a couple of, like, you, you put your finger right on a couple of scars for me.
1: <laughs> and I can
0: say that they're scars. Not my first time. <laughs> they're scars, they're not wounds, right? They're things that I have been able to heal because of learning to forgive and to remove blame. And so what, uh, what we were talking about earlier with blaming others for the things that we're unhappy about, that rolls over into the concept of forgiving others. And I can easily go back into other relationships that I've had in my life where I hung on or held on to the idea of blame for ages, for years and years and years. I just wouldn't let go of somebody else being at fault for the pain that I continued to feel. And that pain, which was being relived on a daily basis, every day I would wake up and feel the same pain over again, even though that person was no longer there and that traumatic experience was no longer happening, I would still wake up some part of my brain would place the blame on that person for whatever it is that occurred and then because of that I would be in that you know traumatized state and holding on to this experience and and never forgiving them and never able to let go of it and so my failure to forgive somebody else for whatever occurred means that I continue to be in a traumatized and painful state so Let me state that again, my failure to forgive somebody for whatever happened in the past continues to keep me in this painful, traumatized state. And when I choose to absolve that person of the responsibility and to allow them to be forgiven for whatever occurred, whatever action was taken that caused pain at that time, I can recognize that that's no longer happening i can now say i forgive you and now i get released yeah of that pain and that's amazing. it's amazing like i'm the only one involved in this equation right there's nobody else in this equation except for myself i'm i'm the one feeling the pain i'm the one feeling the anger i'm the one feeling the resentment and then I'm, I'm the one who chooses to forgive and chooses to be free from the pain, free from the anger, and free from all the resentment that goes along with it. And that the only person that was involved in that was me. I'm the one that needed to do all those things. And I'm sure every one of us listening right now could easily put their finger on a situation that we're holding onto in this very instance. We're still holding onto this thing where we blame and we're angry and, and we resent. And forgiveness is the, the path forward there because, I mean, of course, I can't think of dozens of things that I've done that I regret that I would be like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. It was so painful to you at the time. So disrespectful, so dishonoring. And I just, you know, I apologize for those, but it's, it's not about my apology isn't, that doesn't make them matter? Like, you're not going to feel better because I apologize. You need to forgive me. In order for you to feel better.
1: Exactly. That's a good point. Right? I mean, it feels nice to hear it because, you know, especially the person really, you know, if you really mean it, which you really did. Um, but but if, the fact that if, if you don't accept that apology, that's, if you don't, you know, forgive that person too, that's it's just not, that holding on is still going to, it's going to eat you from the inside.
0: Well, that's the true nature of what it means to accept an apology, right? Yeah. An, an apology given isn't necessarily an apology received. An apology given can can be honest, it can be truthful, it can have uh, a really loving intent behind it where it's designed to allow the other person to feel freedom from a, whatever incident occurred and to recognize that the person uh, respects the pain that has been a result of that and acknowledges it and gives that person the real you know values their experience say I'm sorry for what I caused and that's that's beautiful that's great but it still doesn't yeah. truly correct the situation what corrects the situation is the person who felt the pain absolving the person who caused it of that cause
1: yeah absolutely I'm trying to remember that quote I just told you about just recently it's all about that it's such a good quote but I don't remember
0: the more that I you know put time into myself in therapy in reading in listening in ceremonies and doing all these forms of self love and healing and growth and personal development the more that I see that absolutely everything is about our own experience and not anybody else who's involved and it's really just 100% me in the mirror and everything that happens and everything I feel is a result of how I choose to relate to the experiences that I've had am having and I am going to have Mm -hmm. and it's an iterative process right this life is not something that happens once and and it's over it seems to me that we just keep living lives over and over and over again and presented with the same challenges in different forms and new iterations. And even within our own life on a daily basis, those iterations happen over and over again on a weekly basis. We're feeling them. And then monthly, yearly, throughout phases of our lives, seasonally, you know, it's just coming back around and more and more opportunity to recognize and show gratitude for, uh, there's a, I'm going to repeat that, um, acronym that i learned a little while ago that's been so powerful and it's something i learned in the psychedelic healing setting and the acronym is uh, rain r-a-i-n-n and it's recognize appreciate investigate nourish and non-attachment and in that it's like when we come to understand that something is occurring like we become aware of it that's the recognition that awareness that appreciation is a form of gratitude, say, oh, I'm so glad I now know why or what, or I'm able to recognize whatever the causation is of what I'm ha- what's happening right now. And then nourish it, or investigate it. And investigate it is, I for investigate is go, what is really the true cause behind this? Where are the pieces that are putting this all together? And then whatever it is that we investigate, the answer is always the same is that it needs love. It needs attention, right? We need some form of love, some form of gratitude, of appreciation, of affection, of nourishment. And then that's where we get to the end. It's that nourishment is like give this, investigate it, and then give it what it needs in order to be healed and then non-attach from it. Let it go and let it be something that we learned that's not something we're learning, or we're working on, or I'm still going through, as soon as we choose that piece of non-attachment, it's now something I happened to me. And that happened is it's no longer happening anymore. And I'm I'm not feeling this on a daily basis anymore. It's something that occurred, but it's not who I am. It's something that happened to me. And there's a big difference between who I am and what has happened, rather than what has happened to becoming who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't want what has happened to me to be who I am. I want who I am to be a result of the decisions that I've made to be the person that I want to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, kind of like w- what happened to you sort of allows you to move forward with the new you, like, in a way, you yeah, know? absolutely. You just recognize all that, and that's not a deterrent or or cause you a blockage to just keep moving forward and and let go of how you used to be, you know?
0: The biggest thing here is, I mean, we're all born into this journey without, you know, choosing when we're born, where we're born, who our parents are, what our name's gonna be, whether we're gonna be black, white, yellow, red. We don't pick any of that stuff. That stuff is all just decided for us. And then the, the first large portion of our lives we basically don't make any of the decisions. All the decisions are made for us, so everything happens to us. And we can now move into the latter part of our lives having been that what happened to us defines who we are, or we can look at what has happened to us in our early part of our lives, in our childhood, in our adolescence, and we can start to recognize those things that happen, appreciate them for what they are, investigate what they need in order to be nourished and to be like let go and to be forgiven and then we're able to turn forward and actually look and see where we are right now and make decisions about our lives that we're currently in in this present moment and no longer have them be based in what happened to us in this early part of our lives where we didn't have any decision-making power where now we're adults we have the decision-making power we get to choose yeah. what it is that we want for ourselves and how we want to feel and how we what, what things we want to be you know
1: yeah absolutely yeah i agree with that and the the thing is, is sometimes it's a distraction i think because you have that very clear and much you have people around you that are trying to help sometimes and they're just trying to go through the patterns that they are used to it on doing things a certain way. Um, Just an example, and I'm not going to say any names, but I had some really good friends, like some really good people in my life who were, they were there for me and they were seeing what I was going through and they wanted to help me with all their heart. They just want to release my pain and help me feel better and find a solution and help me through it. But uh, when you're doing something different and the people around you sometimes don't understand, it sort of can easily throw you off the route of the vision that you're going for. Um, So it's not always as easy as you knowing this thing, but just dealing with all the outside sources too that are trying to not steer you, but they're trying to help you in a certain way. And, And it was always... You know very distracting for me sometimes. just say no, nope, I have a vision here. I know what I'm doing. It doesn't look like what you would think, how it should be, but with that that i I have my path clear um, for that.
0: This sounds like every uh, parent and child relationship where the parents there trying to do their best to nurture and guide from their own experience but the child's been born into a different generation and they have their own experience their own journey yeah and their own idea about how it needs to go and parent often influencing what they think is you know in their best um in their best interest but oftentimes it's you know relative to a different experience than the one that 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 child's been through
1: yeah for sure and it's a lot based on fear too you know
0: well, let's wrap this up there. Fear is a great stopping point because that's a huge topic. I don't want to necessarily open right now. I want to say thank you very much for this conversation. I love you so much. And it's been such an honor to be able to, to continue this practice of uh, sharing and caring and and uh, walking the path um, when it lines up and we can go for a walk together and You know, be parallel for a few minutes. It's just great. It just warms my heart. And uh, thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm super happy to do this with you too. I love you.
0: I love you too. Thank you. Well, I really want to thank um, Fernanda for coming on the show today. What a beautiful um, human being. My gosh, I'm just so blessed in this life to have had such a wonderful human appear, really an angel appear as human and, and be here for me personally. So thank you so much for being on the show. And I just want to thank our audience for listening, for everybody who has tuned in to the new show. Thank you very much. Really means so much that we get to connect this way. I'm going to give me this space to be able to share. Um, thank you for listening. If you would like to support the program, we would really appreciate your help. It goes a long way. You can go on Patreon trustthejourney.today or you can get to it from our website same address trustthejourney.today click on the button that says donate now and any donation uh, of a dollar two dollars ten dollars whatever you want to put it really would help us to continue to be able to produce so you that will also get you access to the trust the journey family which is a wonderful group of humans so please feel encouraged to support the show in any way that includes uh, sharing it with somebody directly posting it liking commenting all those different ways of interacting help to support the program thank you so much for listening and thank you for being you we love you